0: Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is tough to describe, so grab a cup of coffee or tea, strap on those running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles and join us. Let us introduce ourselves. I am Pastor Amanda Zensalo and it's my honor to serve as the pastor of Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon.
1: And I'm Don Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. So the whole reason for this hard-to-describe topic is some recent events in the news, and we're talking specifically about what happened in Charlottesville. Correct. So for those who are listening to this in an archived fashion,
0: we are currently in the third week of August? Yes. In 2017. Yes. And last weekend, there was a march in Charlottesville, Virginia, by those who are self-professed white supremacists and those who believe in the primacy of the white race.
1: Going on at the same time was a counter-protest, and this is where things took a horrible turn.
0: And so what we're seeing is a very clear representation of race relations within our country.
1: Yes, which, we have not figured it out, sadly. Yeah.
0: Frankly, they suck. Yes. <laughs> Let's just be honest with that. We're no good at this. And our country has a horrible history. And we're not really that much better than we were. No. And right now, it's all coming bubbling up. And so a few things as we head into this conversation around race relations and how we do this, and maybe not necessarily how we do this, but just some reflections on the events of our world right now. We want to make a couple of clear statements. First, as a part of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, the ELCA, I would like to say that our denomination is not good at this yet.
1: No, for all of the accepting that generally happens, it's a pretty white denomination.
0: It is one of the least diverse denominations in the entire country.
1: I believe it. Even
0: historically African-American congregations have more diversity to them than the ELCA does. Wow. We have a frighteningly low percentage of diversity. That's something we really need to be aware of and really look at. And it calls us as a denomination to take some really hard looks at why it is that our denomination is so white. Mm Mm-hmm why it stays that way and what we could learn by getting out of our comfort zone and learning about other denominations that we are already in partnership with or are building partnerships with. Mm-hmm. For example, the AME denomination, the African Methodist Episcopal denomination, mm-hmm. we are already in full communion partnership with. The AME Zion denomination we are in opening conversations of partnership with both of these are historically african-american denominations but many of my colleagues and pastors in other cities that i know don't even know who their local ame or ame zion congregation pastors are and until i moved to portland neither did i
1: Mm -hmm. there is
0: no real reason to seek it out right i didn't even know we were in partnership with them or that they were historically african-american and that's where I'd like to state a little bit of my own implicit racism as Oh we yes. enter into this conversation. Whether we
1: acknowledge it or not, we have it. Absolutely.
0: And I totally acknowledge that I have a deep racist history, not only because of where my family roots are and the inevitability of being a daughter of the South and having that as part of my family heritage, but also my own unexamined racist past and my own pieces where I need to do my looking and learning about why I have felt the way that I have sometimes or done the things that I have done. It's ugly. It's shameful. It's not pretty. I don't like that about myself. I don't like that part of my own head game. Mm -hmm. But the reality is if I try to ignore it.
1: It's not going to go away.
0: It's not going to go away. And it's, it's just not going to
1: change. That's the biggest problem.
0: Precisely. And so I confess my own inherent racism and I confess the racism of my denomination and
1: the racism of our
0: congregation.
1: Oh yeah. I'm solidly standing next to you in this.
0: And so we come into this And we're not looking for ally cookies, and I'll explain what that is down the road (laughs) by saying this, but I think that there are a few things that need to be stated up front in these kinds of conversations. So the other piece that we want to say is that as a podcast, as the hosts of this podcast and the speakers who speak on this, and as the pastor of Central Lutheran Church in Portland, Oregon, as a member of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America— We denounce white supremacy. Yes. We denounce the things that are being lifted up by what they are calling the alt-right movement.
1: Absolutely.
0: We denounce discrimination based on race, gender, orientation, health, physical abilities, or any other label that we may try to use to separate us from them. Mm Mm-hmm. I also want to say that calling these things out and saying that they are not welcome and are not acceptable is not a form of intolerance. But it is a way to create the kingdom of God on this earth, on this realm, for our world. And I know that many people feel like if you don't let us say these things, then you are being intolerant and you're being hypocritical because you call for tolerance.
1: No, that's just an easy excuse.
0: It's an easy excuse and it's a way to silence people mm-hmm. because when people do hold diversity as a deep and strong value, saying that they don't allow diversity silences people, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's their ideal. But it's okay to say to someone who does not support diversity that I don't support your opinion. hmm And that your opinion, while it is yours and you get to state it, because this is the United States of America and we do have freedom of speech, Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that it is acceptable or welcome or will be respected. It does mean we will listen to that opinion. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean any of the other pieces. And so there are the strong statements that we wanted to state at the beginning of this podcast and make clear. No, this last week I was on vacation.
1: I was too. Actually, I was camping where there was no cell service. So for me, when I came back on Monday night to finally check everything, I'm like, I don't want to get back into it. I'm just going to delete it all. And then I went looking on Facebook and then I went back to my trash and my email because there's no way you can just let this one go. I had to go figure out what was going on. Yeah. And it was so sad. Just so sad. It was heartbreaking. Absolutely.
0: And I think that one thing that we want to talk about and how do we find our way through these kinds of conversations and, and race relations, one thing that I want to bring up is that self-care is important, mm-hmm. right? So we were both on vacation. We were both recharging our batteries, out spending time with our families and in spaces that we love and in spaces that will recharge us. That is not a bad or evil thing to do. No. In fact, sometimes that is really, really critical that that work is done. I am terrible at vacationing.
1: It was nice to not have cell coverage just to be able to unplug myself from the world. However, you cannot fool yourself into thinking that burying your head in the sand is going to fix any problems. Because it's not. And that's the other flip of the coin.
0: To take care of
1: self-care
0: is one thing, but to avoid the problems or to ignore it or to hide your head in the sand because you don't want to deal with it and it'll all go away that way. Frankly,
1: that's part of why we're here right now.
0: Precisely. And so don't let self-care lead you to the point of becoming a part of of the problem. Mm -hmm. And that's the fine line. There's your balancing act, folks. To live the law and the gospel at the same time. To know that you are implicitly a part of the system that needs to be aware of and participating in fixing the system. And the gospel side that says, remember that you are beloved and that you will be well and truly cared for by a God of grace. Those two things balance out together, and it's our responsibility to walk that tightrope of resting and engaging. Mm -hmm. Can't do one over the other, or it won't turn out well. So there's tip number one about how to actually engage on some of these pieces as we go on in the conversation. So back to that ally
1: cookie thing. Okay. Okay.
0: Have you heard of this before?
1: I think I know where you're going with it, but I have not actually heard that term.
0: It's a really good one. So most of where I have run into this is in my work as an advocate in the LGBTQIA community. Sure. And the call on this one is basically that incentive as someone of privilege that when you've done something, you're like, look, I went and I did the thing. So an example would be or could be me saying, look, I'm a... Cis, heterosexual, white woman of privilege, but I show up at the Pride Festival and spend my entire weekend serving the community. Aren't
1: I great? It's not unlike getting a merit badge. Uh, <laughs> right? Right?
0: And then you're asking for ally cookies. Like, mm-hmm. oh, good job. Here's a cookie. You're mm-hmm. a good little ally. Right? That's a problem.
1: hmm Because it's not
0: about you. Bingo! That's it exactly. So if you need recognition for the work that you are doing, if you are doing something in order for people to see you doing it, if you're showing up at rallies in order to be seen, if you're showing up and serving in order to tell other people how good you are, if you're looking for cookies because you're doing this work, check yourself.
1: Examine your motives a little more closely. Precisely.
0: Because that right there is a part of the problem. Mm -hmm. And don't make already marginalized communities thank you for being a decent human being. You shouldn't need to be thanked because you stood up for someone's basic human rights.
1: No. And this is a very trite example, but... For my own children, when they do the stuff that they're supposed to do, sometimes they'll say, well, aren't you going to thank me? I'm like, I shouldn't have to thank you for being a decent human being. It should be explicit and implicit. Right? I shouldn't
0: have to tell you good job on saying please and thank you. Exactly. We shouldn't have to be told a good job for showing up and saying that killing unarmed black people is
1: a bad thing. A bad thing. Bad
0: thing. That's being a decent human being. Mm -hmm. And so for those of us out there who fall into the land of privilege, as we do.
1: Squarely in the land
0: of privilege. There is one term and one challenge to you. And if you feel really self-defensive right now by hearing us say that, take a deep breath and listen to why you're feeling defensive. Because that is going to give you a clue as to where you need to start your
1: work. Mm-hmm. It's not like pie. Just because you have something and somebody else wants it doesn't mean you're going to get less in the end. Yeah. There's enough to go around, I promise. That's the whole promise of God. Mm-hmm. So I think part of what needs to be addressed is the current administration and government in the United States at the moment seems to be helping normalize a lot of this speech in a way that our previous president didn't. And the other part of it has to also be stated that having a black president did not fix race in America either. But what's currently going on seems to be making it worse, and this is where the bubbling up of everything. It almost seems good that there's a scab being ripped off, but at the same time... Mm -hmm. I don't know that I'm hearing any conversations that are going to lead us anywhere positive yet.
0: Well, the challenge, I think, in this is that the alt-right and white supremacists Mm -hmm. and neo-Nazi parties are feeling emboldened. Oh, yes. We know that because of the open rally that occurred last week. That hasn't happened on the national news in my lifetime before. No. No. Although it has happened in the history of the United States, this is new within my lifetime. Yes. There's definitely a boldness that is happening and has been happening since Donald Trump came to be our president. Yes. And in that, I think that it is good to say that we're more aware that white people steeped in privilege are now more aware of what has been the case and been the truth Mm -hmm. throughout the history of this country. And we can't ignore it because it's really obvious right now. It's Mm -hmm. so obvious we can't avoid it anymore. And whether or not it can be productive is a really hard-to-tell thing right now, right? There are more people who now know what Antifa means than there were a decade ago. But Rose City Antifa has been working hard to expose Nazis for a decade. Mm -hmm. And there are those who will be upset that I even say that out loud as a pastor, that you're supporting violent reaction to violence. My understanding of that crew of folks is that they treat... Every small gathering as if it could be the original 100 people who supported Adolf Hitler. Okay. And if they could have stopped it at 100 people, how different would our world look
1: now? Okay. Take a step back and tell us who Antifa is for those who don't know.
0: Antifa is the movement that is the anti-fascist movement. Okay. Okay. And it's shortened to Antifa, A-N-T-I-F-A. And they are often the group who show up with the black scarf covering their faces. They're often young. Sometimes they're white. And it is a group that sees destruction of property and other what could be viewed as violent reactions as A way to respond to the violence that has been happening for centuries to other communities. Okay. I am not completely clear on all of it. I still have so much I need to learn about that movement and about that way of reacting to what's going on. I have learned enough to be curious and to not automatically condemn it. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know that there have been that many movements throughout our history that have brought about real change that haven't come with some kind of destruction of system attached to it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that we react with violence, but the reality of violence being done, too, is, is very possible. Mm-hmm. It's a complex topic.
1: Oh, deeply complex. It's
0: so hard.
1: And we are not thinking we're going to solve it in one podcast. No,
0: and we're not going to solve it in one year. And we may not get to solve it in a lifetime. But we are called to wrestle with these questions and to ask the questions and to learn about these things and to not automatically condemn just because we don't understand.
1: What I would hope is that it starts dialogues not violence, not shouting matches, but let's just start some dialogues of where we can go from here.
0: I'm going to throw in this really random thing. There's a really great episode of Doctor Who. Okay.
1: <laughs> Bring it back to Doctor Who. Well done. I know.
0: But there's this really brilliant one where Peter Capaldi is the doctor, so it's in the last few season, And I forget. Oh, it's called Zygon Invasion and Zygon Inversion are the two episodes, they go together. Mm -hmm. And the basic premise is that eventually there's this mutually assured destruction moment. And the doctor hits a a literal pause button and makes everybody sit at the table and talk to one another. Mm -hmm. And he has this amazing, amazing monologue about... At the end of the day, you can kill each other, you can blow each other up, you can do all of these things to destroy one another, or you can just sit down and talk. Mm -hmm. Challenge with that is that everyone has to be willing to listen.
1: Yes, it gets a little bit back to the hard hearts discussion we had in the past. Yeah. And it gets back to where do we
0: draw the line? I can't sit with someone who says it's okay to think that someone is less than because of how they were born or where. Mm -hmm. I won't cross that line and join you there. And so if you're not willing to see that neither death, nor life, nor ruler, nor sword, nor power, nor principalities, nothing on all of creation can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, if you can't go there with me, if you can't see the divine... In every living thing, and instead you see your greaterness and your more loved by Godness than this other creation. If you can't enter that conversation with me, then I can't enter the conversation with you. And so I don't know how to sit down and talk about things when this is what's on the table. It's a hard, and difficult and painful time. And if we allow ourselves to trickle down the road into allowing hate speech and allowing people to see a life as less than, we're heading down a road that is so dangerous that we have seen played out in history. And we have a responsibility as people of faith, as people of privilege to use our voices, and to call that out. Mm -hmm. And so this week, here's our podcast. A basic, pathetic,
1: (laughs) probably wrong, grasping attempt. But it's an attempt. And it's an attempt. And instead of a last question, I think we would love to challenge anybody listening to make an attempt. And we're even going to issue an invitation for you to join us at a Worship in the Park opportunity.
0: Absolutely. So this week, August 20th, 2017, at Dawson Park, directly across from Legacy Emanuel Hospital in Northeast Portland, there are four congregations gathering together. We're exiting our buildings and we're taking the church into the world. And this is our third annual joint worship service in the park. There are Four? Five of us, actually. So Vancouver Avenue First Baptist Church, First AME Zion Church, Greater Mount Gillard Missionary Baptist Church, and Central Lutheran Church. So four of us. Three of those congregations, those who are not central, are all historical African-American congregations. Mm -hmm. And we have been building bridges and building relationships with these congregations over the last three years. And... I think it's incredibly instrumental in how our congregation is understanding our role in the world. Mm -hmm. And for members who are participating in building bridges across racial divides and across theological divides and across denominational divides, it has been a rich and vibrant relationship. And so for this third annual worship service, we encourage you that if you can come, come to the park Sunday morning 1030. If you get there at 11, or 1130, or even noon, worship is probably still going to be going on. It'll be a long one. So bring a chair, come along, bring chips or a dessert, bring some water with you. Come and join us in the park. And this is a white woman speaking to white people who have racist histories like myself. If you have wanted to attend an African-American congregation before but have been afraid or intimidated or not knowing if you could go and it would be okay, this is an opportunity to come to the park, play on the park equipment in the back, be there, be present.
1: They are expecting you as a white person to come to this particular worship service. And,
0: And more than that... This is the opportunity to bridge the divide.
1: Absolutely.
0: And I will say from my own experience that it's hard to show up. And it's hard as a non-Christian to show up for the first time in a Christian church. Mm -hmm. It's hard whenever you have been an outsider to step into an environment. This week in the park is a chance to do it in a soft way. Mm -hmm. A chance to do it in a way where you can come and go easily, where you can participate as fully or as little as you wish, come dip your toes in to this kind of work. Mm -hmm. So there's your invitation. This year, because it's the third year I'm preaching, I have tried really hard to not be the preacher at these events, (laughs) but it's my turn, so I am preaching this year.
1: I will be there. I somehow have missed it. I am embarrassed to admit it. And yet this time I'm excited to go.
0: It's a beautiful service filled with beautiful and awesome people. And so come, come and see the body of Christ in the world, breaking down barriers and bringing the kingdom of God into the breath. It's not perfect. It's not easy. It's not simple, but it is so beautiful. So come attend Worship in the Park with us this Sunday, 1030, August 20th, if you don't make it this year, we'll be doing it again next year, I am sure. And let that be one of your action steps this week as you ponder ways in which you can stand up and stand against this racism and this evil that is infesting our country. Come and break down barriers and worship with us. I had a dear friend of mine, John, who said, you know, Sunday morning is one of the most segregated hours of our entire country. Oh, I believe it. So come break down that segregation and come join us for worship on Sunday. It would be great to see folks.
1: Excellent. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about this difficult topic. I look forward to sitting down with you another day on another topic. As do I. And thank you all. And let's pray for
0: God's kingdom to come and for all of these things to be stripped away from us and to live in that wonderful promise of God's shalom. You can contact us through Facebook or at podcast at centralportland.org. Thank you for listening. And until we are in your ears again, remember, God loves you no matter what.